you are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Friday, March 4th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we finish up what has been a fantastic project all week here on the podcast, our 2022 Orioles Minor League Draft with the guys from BSL On The Verge, the fantastic podcast that covers all things Orioles Minor League Baseball. And Nick Stevens, Bob Fallon, and Zach Spedden, the co-hosts of that pod, are back with us today for the third and final part of our Orioles Minor League Draft. Today, we dig a lot deeper into the Orioles system, rounds 11 through 15 of the draft today, as we pick out some names that you may know but feel are maybe underrated, and some names that maybe you didn't know before this episode, but we talk about a really good group of 20 guys who aren't getting national attention, but are a big part of why the Orioles have the top-ranked system in baseball. So that's all coming up on our final part of the draft here on today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. But before we get there, just did want to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first listen of the day. Locked on Orioles is free and available on all podcast listening platforms. And remember, we're the only O's pod out there giving you content three days a week, even as the lockout continues Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you get a brand new episode of Locked on Orioles in your inbox. And, you know, I know many of you love listening to the podcast. We thank you so much. Listener numbers continue to go up here on the pod, but also have some exciting news about other ways you can consume the podcast. We'll get to that at the end of today's episode. But again, just did want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. And for your first listen today, we're jumping right back into it. Our final part of this Orioles minor league draft. If you haven't listened to part one or two, part one was Monday. We did rounds one through five. The big name prospects were off the board. Wednesday was part two. That was round six through 10 of the draft. Some big names, some sleeper guys as we rounded out our teams. And now today we finish off the draft rounds 11 through 15 with Bob Phelan, Nick Stevens, and Zach Spedden from BSL's On The Verge podcast that covers the Orioles minor leagues. We got some sleeper guys. This is a good part of the draft. You're going to learn a lot about the depth in the Orioles system as we start with round 11 of our Orioles minor league draft. All right, so we are back here for one final installment of our 2022 Orioles minor league draft here, a Locked on Orioles and BSL on the verge crossover. Connor Newcomb with you here alongside Nick Stevens, Zach Spedden, and Bob Phelan of the On the Verge podcast. They do a great job covering all things Orioles minor leagues. And this is the final part of our three-part draft. We've already done rounds one through 10, rounds 11 through 15 to finish it off here today. And of course, the only real big rules of the draft is it's any Orioles minor leaguer as long as they have not appeared in the big leagues yet. So to start off round 11 here as we continue this snake draft, Nick will have the first pick of this final part. And Nick, before you pick, just give us a quick recap of what your team looks like and then give us your round 11 selection. Yeah, so my young is uh, pretty young. Lots of high upside here. Uh, Adley Rutschman behind the plate over here at catcher. Let me pull up my roster there first. Yeah, Adley Rutschman at catcher, Jacob Teeter over at first base, Cesar Prito at second base, uh, Michael Hernandez at shortstop, Moises Ramirez at third base. My outfield right now is Zach Watson and Heston Kerstad. And then my rotation right now, I've got Kyle Bradish, Kyle Bradovich, and Garrett Stallings. 
I'm going to finish rounding out my outfield here, the left fielder. Thought about the veteran who is part track star out in left field, like hurdler slash uh, good OBP guy. But I'm going to go again, young international player. I'm going to go with the top signing from the 2021 class, uh, Braylon Tavera, the outfielder, slot him in the left field. He got $1.7 million a couple of weeks ago from the Orioles. So, uh, you know, they're not just going to give that money to anybody. Uh, I know he didn't make Fangraph's top 41, 42, 45, whatever their list was, however deep that was. But still, uh, you give $1.7 million to a guy, you're doing it for good reason. Seems like a a well-rounded, projectable outfielder. So I'm going to bank on some tool pops for him over the next couple of years here. You are well set up for 2026. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's a great value for him this late in the draft. I mean, he's what in our top 15 in our personal top 50 for on the verge. So definitely a great late snag there. Yeah. Nick's uh, Nick certainly got the youngest team and I'll say maybe he doesn't do as well in a Twitter poll deciding who has the best team on this draft, but he might be the one laughing uh, Bob, as you said, in 2026, when uh, all these guys, our, uh, our studs at that point, but we will move to you, Bob, for your round 11 selection. First, give us a rundown of your team and then make your pick. Yeah, you got it. I'm going to start with my rotation since that's where my headliner is. Grayson Rodriguez, number three overall prospect. Fangraphs is the only prospect list that counts anymore. I uh, also got Zach Peake and Kevin Smith rounding out the rotation. Offensively, I got Samuel Basayo at catcher, Anthony Servideo at second base, Jordan Westberg at third base, Joey Ortiz at shortstop, and my outfield is John Rhodes, Hudson Haskin, and Kyle Stowers. And for my next pick, I'm going to strategically take uh, my DH now, which is also happens to be catcher Creed Willems to hopefully steal some shine from uh, Zach and Connor, who still have catcher open up ahead. So he will be my DH. Him and Basayo can kind of alternate between catcher and DH. That's pretty nice uh, power hitting lefties there in the catcher slash DH spot. I know, again, Eric Garfield had some video of Willems. His swing is looking good. Looks looks to be in a little bit better shape maybe than when he was drafted. And this was the only high scorer that Elias took. And they don't seem to miss much when they, when they go that route, when you consider Kobe Mayo, Carter Baumler, um, and I'm blanking on the other ones, but there's only like five or six and they, they're all looking good so far. So let's hope that continues. This is going to be an interesting player to follow this year because we barely saw him last summer in the Florida Complex League, but we know the Orioles had to sign him over slot to get him away from that TCU commitment. Um, We don't really know anything about his defense, but one thing I do find interesting is I think he was 92 to 94 off the mound. So that indicates that he may have a pretty good arm back there. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's still questions about him, but he's 18, 19 years old. And so, you know, we're going to start to see him play some more baseball and we're going to see his body change, I'm sure, at least a bit throughout his time in the minors. And we'll see how much the power plays versus the hit tool. But he, he's very advanced for his age defensively behind the plate. And I, I feel like still that was the number one thing that, that got the Orioles to take him and give him that $1 million. But, you know, Bob, you did go catcher, um, but you actually didn't steal my catcher because I'm going to take Maverick Handley with this pick. And Handley, again, you know, great defensive catcher out of Stanford, you know, competed with Adley Rutschman to be the best defensive catcher in the Pac-12. And we saw him make some ridiculous plays in the minors last year. And so many Orioles pitchers, uh, even with with you guys on your podcast, talked about how great it is to have Maverick Handley back there. But 
Here's why I'm taking him in the 11th round. He has been spending basically the whole offseason at driveline with their hitting program. Most people know driveline for the pitching. He's been spending time there in the hitting program. And some of these numbers and some of these videos from driveline that I've seen, some ridiculous exit velocity launch angle, just hitting numbers, not just in the cage, but on the field as well. I think we're going to see a jump from him offensively this year that is going to put him, I think, above the rest, at least at this point, for Adley's future backup role in the big leagues. And I just really like Hanley's projection right now, and I am perfectly fine having him as my catcher. Your lips to the baseball god's ears. That's one of my one of my favorite picks. And I'm glad you brought up the, the driveline stuff because I think he did a little bit last year as well, but it seems like this year – we know he's a good defender, and it seems like this year he has really, really been working on making that bat better. You know, he's a catcher, so he doesn't need to be this elite offensive player. But um, it, I would like to see a little bit better offensive numbers from him as he moves up the ladder. And it looks like he's putting all the work in. And if it catches up just a little bit to his glove, I think you do have a pretty special combo, potential combo with Adley Rutschman and uh, Maverick Hanley. I've been calling for it for a long time, and I would love for that to happen. Yeah, that could, uh, that could definitely look good. Uh, we go over to Zach now, who has two picks in a row here, rounds 11 and 12. Uh, actually, let me uh, let me recap my team since I didn't do that uh, before my last pick. But right now, catcher Maverick Hanley, Taron Valvera at second, Leandro Arias at shortstop, got Colton Kowser, Trendon Craig, and Reed Trimble in the outfield. Robert Newstrom is my DH. And four in the rotation so far with D.L. Hall, Drew Rahm, Carter Baumler, and Carlos Tavera. And now we'll Give it over to Zach to recap your team and then give us picks in rounds 11 and 12. So in my infield, I have J.D. Mundy at first base with Connor Norby at second, Kobe Mayo at third, and Gunnar Henderson at short. Missy Day, Sona, Dante Williams are my only outfielders right now with Gene Pinto, Brandon Young, Raul Rangel, and Moises Chasse in the rotation. I'm going to go uh, and actually pick up my D.H. here and go with a guy that showed a lot of power last year, and that's Patrick Dorian. Uh, put up very good numbers at Bowie and do not let the aides deceive you with Dorian because the one thing we kept hearing from our listeners last year was it's great, but he's putting up those numbers as 25 year old in double a, he has a bit of an interesting background and he was actually drafted by the Braves signed, but then chose not to play. And I believe ended up in junior college a few years later was picked up as a free agent by the pirates and then picked up in an under the radar trade by Michael Elias for a pitcher whose name I'm blanking on right now. Yeah, I think it was Jeffrey Ramirez. Ramirez. Yeah, that's it. And um, really good numbers at Bowie last year. Got a cup of coffee at AAA last year. I think would have gotten to AAA sooner had there been a clearer opening for him in Norfolk. But because of Ryland Bannon and Tyler Nevin and some of those other corner infield bats with the Tides, it took a long time to find Dorian a spot. So I'm pretty confident in him uh, going to Norfolk this year and putting up good numbers. Not to mention that he also plays both corners respectively, third base and first base. So I'll, I'll go with the power here of Dorian. Yeah, speaking of stealing picks, that was uh, that was going to be my next one. If he slipped through, I needed a third baseman. I was eyeing him for my DH spot as well. So great pick up there. So we'll get to rounds 12, 13, and 14 of our 2022 Orioles minor league draft with the Guys from over at On The Verge, in just a second, we'll be right back to it. But first, let's talk Built Bar, because it is March now. And, you know, for many people, like me, excited about March Madness. But also, when we get to March, it kind of makes you feel like, eh, 
that's enough of those New Year's resolutions. Kind of hard to keep them going by this point, but not with Built Bar, because if you've made a resolution to eat better, Built Bar makes it easy because they're protein bars that are good for you, but they taste like candy bars. They've got all these delicious flavors, including a new one for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. And all the bars, just 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, just four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein covered in every bar that is covered in 100% real chocolate. So to get your hands on some of these delicious and nutritious protein bars, go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. I need, I'm looking at a few outfielders here, and there's a lot of athletic outfielders. It's an interesting profile. I'm going to go with the one that I think has the highest ceiling and the most potential to break out this year, and that's Lamar Sparks. Uh, missed a lot of time the last few years with injuries. Uh, hurt his shoulder, was rehabbing from the shoulder, and got hit in the face um, down in the complex. So last year it came out and actually showed a little bit of everything. Showed some power, showed a lot of speed. Um, good defender. There's some things that he needs to work on and he needs to get regular at bats this year. But regardless of whether that comes at high A, uh, double A, wherever it is, I feel like a healthy Lamar Sparks with regular playing time is a true breakout potential candidate. Yeah, we had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Seems like a, a great, smart kid. You know, it was a good conversation. He, he's going to work hard. That's that's not in doubt. And it seems like he's got that growth mindset where he's willing to listen to these these coaches and develop. And as long as he's healthy and continue to go on that path, he's still young enough to get right back in there and uh, be in the mix. Yeah, definitely a, a good pick. And uh, a couple of guys who, you know, probably weren't on prospect lists for very different reasons, obviously, Dorian being kind of uh, an unknown guy in a minor league trade and Sparks because of of all the injuries uh, to me next for round number 12. And I'm actually going to round out my starting rotation here. And I'm going to go with a guy who it feels like just should not still be in the Orioles system. A, a guy who I know you guys have talked about feels like should have been released by now, but I'm going to take Ofelki Peralta. And I honestly think we're going to see Ofelki in the big leagues this year. Like as crazy as that would have sounded a couple years ago, when he was basically stuck in Frederick forever. Uh, he made it to AAA, and he put up some solid numbers in AA Bowie, in AAA Norfolk. We will see if he's a long-term starter. I think if he does get to the big leagues this year, it'll be more of a we-need-an-arm kind of role, come up, pitch a few innings at a time, see what you can do. But, you know, he is still only 24 years old. He's just been around the Orioles forever since he was 17, you know, back in 2014. And, you know, he puts together a 4.73 ERA in 93 innings. He had 98 Ks across the two levels. And, yeah, the walks were still kind of high. But just to see him ascend like this, I mean, I will take that any day at the back end of my rotation. It's so funny, right? We've been screaming, move him to the bullpen, move him to the bullpen. Well, Elias and company obviously liked him enough to keep him around when they took over. And they've left him in the rotation, go out there every five days, and he's just continued to improve and, and obviously impress them in some manner. There's got to be something going on because he keeps moving up the system and performing, you know, not amazingly, but enough to keep it going. And if he does make it to the majors, I do think it will probably be out of the bullpen. But until he proves he can't, I think they're just going to keep sending him out there. 
He's got the velo too. I mean, you put him in a one inning relief role. He's touching 98, 99. He could probably even hit hundred miles an hour a couple of times on that radar gun. I think he did at one point a couple of years ago, but yeah, you mentioned almost three, four years in a ball and getting demoted from uh, high A to low A a couple of times, the regime changed 2020. I thought he was gone that first round of cuts, like you mentioned, but he stuck around and now he's in triple A. Um, and one thing that I think helped him a lot too, you hear like the Adley effect. I think that was big with a Felky Peralta because when you watched him, he just looked, he just looks relaxed out there when he's got Adley on the mound and it's simple hand gestures between these two guys that you notice. Um, Maybe maybe it pays off in the major leagues. We'll see. I'm I'm rooting for him pretty hard. I see you trying to boost your uh, Adley Rutschman value even more by saying <laughs> he's going to help the, these pitchers. I mean, he will. He's going to help he everybody. Will. But we uh, we move on to to Bob here in round number twelve. Yeah, I'm going to go pitcher as well. Um, I'm between a few different guys who want to go more, you know, lower ceiling but higher floor. Or but I'm actually going to go with the guy who was one of the first international signings that Elias had made and Kobe Perez when they took over. That's left-handed pitcher Luis Ortiz came in the same class as Luis Gonzalez. Um, you know, I think he's going to make his, what was he pitching in FCL last year or DSL? I think he's going to be at the Marva at some point this year. And he's got the stuff from the left-hand side. He missed a little bit of time last year, but put up some good numbers when he was healthy and the stuff is there. It's just a matter of refinement and, I feel like the Orioles have shown that they can develop pitchers, whether, uh, you know, you're stuck in the past before Elias and the new player development crew took over or not. And I think he's another one of these potential breakout candidates. There's a bunch of them and he's right up there. Just hope people know, no, it's not that Luis Ortiz that we saw in the big leagues. It's the, uh, it's the one who definitely has more good baseball ahead of him. Uh, but we will turn it over to Nick two picks in a row in rounds 12 and 13. Yeah, so two picks. So with my first one, uh, I got an idea for DH. We'll see. Uh, I need a pitcher. So I'm going to go with uh, under the radar name here that I hope really next year. I'm going to go Jay Lyons to put in the back of my rotation. He's a guy that I really, really like. Uh, pitched in high A for most of the year last year, or into the year in high A, but across two levels, struck out 102 guys in 79 innings. He's got that funky delivery. I think it was you, Connor, who pointed out. It's like Lucas Giolito-esque delivery there for Lions. Um, big, massive, massive, sturdy starter. Uh, so we'll see what he does when he gets up into double A, if he can miss those more advanced bats. But so far, in two years in the lower levels of the minor leagues, he's performed pretty well. So we'll see what he can do against better competition, though. This is a really good pick right here by Nick. I definitely agree that Lions is a breakout candidate. And to pick up uh, him at this point in the draft to reinforce the rotation is good. All right. My next one is, uh, all right. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to pull up my roster back up here again. Uh, I want to move Moises Ramirez to my DH spot. And I'm going to go third baseman Anderson De Los Santos that, uh, <laughs> that Bob hinted at earlier. A young international guy again, but this is someone who, for whatever reason, I just never paid much attention to much attention to him at all last year. And Bob was actually the guy who kept harping on this guy and putting him higher and higher up his own list, I think, um, until he finally popped. Uh, good defense. He's a smaller guy, but good defensive uh, shortstop there, can play third base as well. Seemed like he's got a bit of power, kind of a lot of potential tools there. I think he's a name that Orioles fans should put at the top of their list is, I need to watch this guy in, in probably Delmarva next year and see what he can do. 
Yeah, gosh, love the pick. Uh, slick move there, and I think you're going to be rewarded for it uh, by the end of the season. I love this guy. I mean, he didn't have the acclaim that the guys that he came in with did, like uh, Michael Hernandez, Samuel Basayo, but, man, he was putting up numbers, and I just love to see him continue to do that. Yeah, the, uh, the slick move was taking a third baseman where I still need one and the pickings are slim uh, at this point. But uh, we will head back to Bob here for his next selection. Yeah, I'm going to fill out my lineup here. Um, I need a first baseman. You know, pickings aren't that deep here. I'm going to go with the guy who he split his time between third base and first base. He broke out the year he was drafted in 2019 out of a you know, Division Three college, it's uh, Toby Welk. He didn't have the best year last year, moving up to double A, but, you know, he's still got power. He still has patience at the plate. Not going to win any gold gloves defensively. That's why I'm sticking at first base. But I do think that another year with the player development that maybe he can get that hit tool back up a little bit and be a serviceable guy over there. I have a, a real favorite among our listeners and among Orioles fans, just because it flew completely under the radar in the 2019 draft, had the good numbers at Aberdeen. And last year was a little more up and down, but for a guy to was drafted at that spot coming out of a small college to make it as far as double A. And I think at least put himself in the conversation is a real accomplishment. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was a D three player of the year when he came out um, at Penn state Burks. And he was clearly, at least hit tool-wise, too advanced for Division Three. Uh, but he stuck around at Penn State Berks. And as he and many guys from Division Three say, D3, Day 3. Uh, you go on Day 3 of the draft, and uh, he's making a name for himself. And just to get to double A is awesome, and, and we'll see. And also, former guest of the uh, Locked on Orioles podcast got, goes off the board here. Uh, but I'm next up here in round number 13. I've got third base, first base, and relief pitcher still left to fill here on my team. And uh, you know what? I am going to secure my bullpen and I'm going to take Felix Bautista with my 13th round selection. I think he is the best reliever on the board. He showed that last year, jumping three levels, starting at high A and ending the year in triple A. He had fantastic numbers, big strikeout numbers as a closer, giant presence on the mound. And he was rewarded. He was Rule 5 eligible. The Orioles added him to the 40-man roster. Would not surprise me in the slightest if he made the opening day roster in the Orioles bullpen. Uh, Talked with multiple uh, Orioles players in the minors and the majors. Had Thomas Eshelman on this podcast and asked him about guys that impressed him. And I thought he'd go right to, you know, oh, you know, know, Kyle Bradish or, you know, people talked about Grayson Rodriguez. It's almost immediately to Felix Bautista. And so, you know, I want him closing out games. Will he ever close games in the majors? Who knows? But I think he can be a really good reliever. Is there a more intimidating guy to face if you're up to bat? I mean, goodness gracious, the guy's a mountain of a man. Downhill action on a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. Yeah, wow. I love this guy. I really hope he makes it uh, opening day roster and uh, sticks around. He's fun to watch. And so we will head over to Zach now, who has got – Two selections in a row once again in rounds 13 and 14. So I'm going to go with someone that I thought Nick was taking with his most recent pick, and that's Noah DeNoyer. Uh, pitched out of the rotation at Delmarva and then actually did not get a start in, I believe, at Aberdeen, but really good numbers between both A-ball levels last year. 276 ERA, held batting, batters from an opponent's average of 212 with 81 strikeouts to 31 walks 
in 70 and two thirds innings and actually was able to cut back on the walks as the season went on. So I feel like for a guy that, you know, is going to just stabilize the back of my rotations and Neuer's a good fit there. Audio's going to slip through and I could grab him at the end. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I like it, uh, especially as he moved up to high A. I think you saw the walks, even in Delmarva, as the season progressed, the walks at the beginning of the year were a major, major issue. Uh, but he really reined those in. Strikeouts were up, walks went down. He didn't get drafted. He was that last draft class, was it 2019, where there were 40 rounds, went undrafted through 40 rounds. The Orioles signed him. Um, he was getting noticed when I was trying to find anything out about him at the beginning of the year. I actually think it was Rakobako over at Masson a couple weeks after he signed with the Orioles. Uh, Denoyer signed with the Orioles. Uh, Rock was at camp saying Denoyer's fastball velocity was popping and really standing out that camp. So he's getting some early notice and uh, he's injury free. He's healthy and let's see what he can do as he moves up. And there will not be that asterisk as there will be with Brandon Young when this guy's pitching uh, for the Orioles on a playoff team. Yeah, another one of those guys that's similar to Lions, like you talked about, that is just kind of grinded through the minor leagues and has never been a, a ranked prospect or anything, but has continued to put up some good numbers. And that uh, sends us to Zach's next pick. I'm going to pick up my reliever here, and I'll just start off by saying that the number of legitimate major league relief prospects in the farm system surprises me. And I think the fan grass list is really reflective of that because you see a lot of high fastball velocity, one good off-speed pitch guys, um, and even, you know, someone who doesn't throw that hard, like a Nick Vespi, but has a good slider to pair with it, would be a great pick here. There's several good options here, but I'm going to go with one of the pitchers that was added to the 40-man roster and go with Logan Gillespie. I know the results in the AFL were ugly, but all of the reports about how he pitched out there were really good, and we should, you know, probably acknowledge, too, the AFL – has always kind of been considered a hitter's league. And I think the automated ball strike zone this year was thought to have made the gap between the hitters and the pitchers even wider. But Gillespie's a guy that can bring it in the upper 90s. Uh, true under-the-radar pick because he had been an independent ball, went to the Brewers, pitched there for a little while, and was released. Um, so I, I think he's a pure reliever and maybe a one or two winning guy at the most, but definitely has the stuff to – cracked the major league bullpen at some point this year. He's got some pretty cool tattoos too. If you ever get a chance, check that out. Always on the map. Yeah. Just a, just a cool story coming from indie ball. I mean, and, and to get added to the 40 man, I mean, obviously the surprise of the 40 man additions this off season, but we will see, we're going to see him in the big leagues. We know that if you're a reliever added to the 40 man on this Orioles team, you are going to be in the big leagues this year. It's not going to be a, you know, Diaz or, or Bannon situation. Um, but it'll be interesting to see him. But speaking of Ryland Bannon, uh, I need a third baseman with my penultimate pick. And as much as it hurts me, I am staying away from Ryland Bannon with this pick. And I'm actually going to go Ryan Higgins to play third base for me. Ninth round selection by the Orioles in 2021 out of Fresno State. Uh, we didn't really see him because he suffered an injury uh, after the draft. He played in four games. He went two for eight with a double, a couple RBIs, and five strikeouts. I mean, that's his pro stats so far. Uh, but Eric Garfield has given us some video of him hitting with these groups down in Florida, which tells me that he should be good to go for this season after missing you know, most of his first year. Here's the other thing about Ryan Higgins. You know, I take some of these nuggets from these people I talk to for the podcast when I go through and try to have an episode on every draft pick. And I had the Fresno State broadcaster on. Of course, Aaron Judge played at Fresno State. 
He told me that Ryan Higgins hit balls further than he ever saw Aaron Judge hit the ball. And when I hear that, I'm going to buy in. I don't know how good he's going to be. I don't even know what position he's going to end up playing, but he played third at Fresno State. He can play the outfield too. And at the end of the day, he's 22 years old. He looks to be hopefully healthy again, and he's got serious pop in the bat. So I'm going to add Ryan Higgins. Very Solid. curious. Very curious to see him play this year, just because I feel like we get to see pretty much all the other draft picks play. So, you know, I'm sure he'll probably start in Loe Delmarva just because he missed that time. But yeah, very curious in that bat. Definitely a lot of power there. Yeah. I just go on Twitter and just search Ryan Higgins and search, find the videos. There's a couple of them where he, you want to talk about a guy who mashes baseballs under the radar. It's Ryan Higgins. Uh, I'm definitely excited to see what he could do. Uh, yeah, because like you mentioned, the injury. I don't remember exactly what the injury was, but he had surgery like as soon as he got into pro ball. Uh, but he's healthy. He's ready to go. He's down there in camp. So let's let's see if you can hit the ball that hard as a, as a professional now. Yeah. And uh, who knows? Maybe he'll be uh, better than Aaron Judge one day. Uh, but we will uh, we will go to Bob here with his uh, round 14 selection. Well, Zach mentioned him. I thought he was going to steal him from me, but I'm going Nick Vespi for my reliever. Uh, former podcast guest on Locked on Orioles, I believe, and also a guy who, when he saw our top 50 prospect list come out, was said, uh, what was I, a 51st? <laughs> so Nick Vespi, welcome to my team. I want you I want you closing games out for me. I love that fire. Call us out. Yeah, you were, you were 51. That's all it was. <laughs> You'll be right in that top 50 very soon. No, very, uh, very good lefty who had a great Arizona Fall League and Again, another guy who could very well be taken in the Rule 5 draft whenever that happens to go down. Hopefully not really like his arm. So, Nick Vespi it is. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lefty, 26 years old, not great numbers in AAA, but it's been at AAA with a wipeout slider. I think he's a shoe-in to get drafted in the Rule 5 draft. Will he stick with that team? We'll see. But you got to remember – even Zach Pop wasn't great with the Marlins last year, and he stuck around all year. So you kind of have to be like Max Soroller bad to get released off a bad team. Now, if he gets Rule 5 picked, you're hoping it's by a good team who is going to you know, value that roster spot a little bit more. But I do think he's, uh, he's probably gone. But yeah, he was a, a good guest on the podcast, and I would love to see him in the Orioles bullpen next year. But I think he's going to be at least in spring training with somebody else, but we'll go to Nick here. Who's going to make uh, consecutively his final two picks of the draft and uh, looking at Nick's roster right now, it looks like it's going to be two arms to get added to his team here at the end. Yeah. I got to finish out with the starter and my reliever. I was going to go with Nick Vespi. Great name. Um, and yeah, I also think he's, he's as good as gone. I, I think that AFL performance was pretty awesome, especially the championship game, but I'm going to round out my rotation with a sleeper arm Injury wiped out a big chunk of his season. So hopefully he's healthy going into next year. Maybe reaches the major leagues even as a bullpen arm. Cup of coffee, maybe. Uh, I'm going Cameron Bishop here. Uh, lefty. I look at, looking up some of his numbers. His June, the month of June last year when he was in Bowie, 22 innings, no earned runs, 10 hits, 7 walks, 32 strikeouts. So a 0 0.00 ERA, a 139 average against, and a 0 0.77 whip in June. Only saw a couple more outings, two, two more outings before he went on the injured list and missed about two months or so. But you look at the one specific start, two against Hartford, uh, Bowie hitters, pitchers, they all enjoyed playing at Hartford at Dunkin' Donuts Park up there. But 12 strikeouts in five innings, that was the start and the velo 
you always talk about velo and lefties. Where's the velo at? Like Drew Rom conversation. He was throwing 95, 96 miles an hour in that start and holding that velo later into the outings. So I think it's a sleeper arm. Shout out to regular listener of both these podcasts, uh, Vivek. Uh, I know he's a big fan of Cameron Bishop. So I'm pandering to the crowd a bit as well and trying to pick up a vote from Vivek maybe. I almost took Bishop when I took uh, DeNoyer. So I definitely agree with this. He's someone that I think would have gotten substantial time in North, uh, Norfolk last year, not for the injury. He was certainly trending that way. And we've talked a little bit before about this effect of pitchers who pitch well at Delmarva and then go to Frederick and regress a little bit. Um, and Bishop was kind of in that mold, but then got to Bowie and was pitching really well this year. So interesting, interesting to see what he does in 2022. Well, he's got that change up going. He's like a, a poor man's John Means. So if we could get another great story like that into the, into the mix, that'd be good. So we'll get back to our 15th and final round of our Orioles minor league draft with the guys from On the Verge in just a second. But first, let's talk about BetOnline.net because, yes, we all know football is over. People waiting for August and September for it to be back. But, hey, it is basketball season. It is March. That means the NCAA tournament March Madness is upon us. And from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and more, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. And here's why March is the best. You know, so many people like the first couple of days of the NCAA tournament. How about this week and next week? The conference tournaments might even be better weeks of basketball with how many games and how much is on the line. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores this week. You're trying to see who's winning every conference tournament. You can also get podcasts and news at BetOnline. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net also your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline.net, where the game starts. All right, so you guys took my relievers. Uh, but we got another one here who I think is going to end up being uh, one of the more hyped up bullpen arms, a la Felix Batista of 2022, because he cracked the fan graphs list at number 38 here. Uh, I'm going to go Morgan McSweeney, uh, Wake Forest product. I love Wake Forest pitchers and everything they're doing down there. This is a program that every major league organization is sending guys down to, including the Orioles, uh, to work out. McSweeney had a pretty good year, reached double A last year with the Bay Sox. I mean, he tops out like 96, 97 miles an hour, a couple of good secondaries as well. We'll see how high he gets, he goes next year, but huge strikeout guy. So, and the walks decreased when he got to double A. Walks have been an issue his first couple stops in the lower levels of the minor leagues, but he did a better job of bringing those down when he was in with the Bay Sox. And we'll see he does cross a full season in double A next year. Yeah, it was definitely cool to see him be on that Fangraphs list and another former guest of the Locked On Orioles podcast, really before he was on anybody's uh, prospect radar. But that that Wake Forest pitching lab, I mean, you go down there and you're going to turn into a different guy sometimes. But uh, that'll wrap up Nick's team. We will head over to Bob for his final selection here in round 15. Yeah, our only pick left. I got to round out this rotation, and I'm glad this guy is still here. Another young international guy, Cesar Alvarez, who... I believe is also going to make his stateside debut this year and could be another one of these guys that just shoots up the ranks, depending on how he performs. Eric Garfield, I think also a big fan of this guy, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know a ton about him, but I love the name and I love what I've seen about him. So going to throw him in there in a fifth starter role and maybe he'll uh, work his way up from there. 
Yeah, I think the uh, I think the young, you know, FCL starters um, got more love in this draft than I thought they would. Kind of over a lot of the guys that were taken really in the 2021 draft. Um, of course, we got a couple of 2019 guys here at the end as well. Um, but now over to me for my final pick of the draft, and I need a first baseman, and I'm gonna have to go with TT Bowens because I'm just gonna put some raw power in my lineup to finish off this draft. I mean, it was an up and down season for him offensively, but he did get up to Aberdeen and listen, he hit 18 home runs in his first season in pro ball, you know, another undrafted guy in 2020, because it was only a five round draft out of a smaller school in central Connecticut state, but a good baseball program, a program that consistently wins its conference and gets to an NCAA regional. And I like TT Bowens. Um, If you know, you know, the video I'm referencing, I hope he's okay. Um, both on and off the field for this season, but uh, it seems that he will be. And again, you know, he doesn't really have much of a position outside first base. There was talk that he can play the outfield, but it's raw power. It's 18 homers, put him in my lineup. My, my, you know, elite prospects will get on base in front of him. He'll hit one out of the ballpark. Good. I was debating, do I go TT Bowens as my DH or do I make the switch there with Dale Santos and Ramirez? Uh, but, uh, yeah, great fit, great pick those 18 home runs. Also, he only played in like 90 something games last year. He was up there with Ali Rutschman and Kyle Stowers in many fewer games to his credit. So he was pounding home runs at a pretty alarming rate and he did find his slumps, but when he would break out of those slumps, he was almost unstoppable and good OPB guy as well too. So good pick. Oh no. So we had picks a little nutty to me. Takes balls to make that pick for sure. There we go. So we head over to Zach for uh, Mr. Irrelevant, the final pick of our draft. You know what? For being the final pick in the draft, I feel pretty good about this one. I'm taking Connor Pavoloni. Um, pick out of Tennessee last year, who most of the reports on him on, in college were that he's kind of a glove-first catcher. The offensive production, once he got into the Orioles system last year, wasn't great. But it's also a bit of a small sample size. And he played most of the 2021 season at University of Tennessee with problems with his hand. So you have to think that affected his bat a little bit. After the draft, um, after the Orioles chose him, Jim Callis said that Pavoloni was a guy that with a good year could have been a third-round pick uh, in 2021. But because of his production, uh, slipped a little bit. But I feel good about picking him up uh, where I needed a spot was with catcher. Yeah, I think he's just going to be a good, solid catcher to have in the system. You know, if he gets to the big leagues or not, he's going to be really good catching depth behind the system that obviously is going to have Adley Rutschman in the bigs. But that's going to do it for the draft. We'll start with Zach quickly to whip around and just uh, read out our final teams here through these 15 rounds. I'll just mention Connor Pavoloni, a catcher, J.D. Mundy at first base, Connor Norby at second, Kobe Mayo at third, Gunnar Henderson at short, my outfield is Missy L. Deson, Dante Williams, and Lamar Sparks, with Patrick Dorian as the D8s. The starting rotation, Gene Pinto, Brandon Young, Raul Rangel, Moises Chassi, Noah DeNoyer, with Logan Gillespie as my reliever. Feeling pretty good about my roster. And we'll head over to Nick for his full team. Yeah, the man himself, Adley Rutschman behind the plate. Jacob Teeter over at first base. Cesar Prito at second base. Double play partner, Michael Hernandez. Anderson De Los Santos at third base, outfield, Braylon Tavera, Zach Watson, and Heston Kerstad. DH is Moises Ramirez. Uh, my rotation, Kyle Bradish, Kyle Branovich, Garrett Stallings, Jake Lyons, Cameron Bishop, 
with Morgan McSweeney in my bullpen. So young international flair. We, we're thinking just like Baltimore Orioles, we're thinking long game here with this roster. And then we'll head over to Bob's team. Yeah, um, I got a good ace in Grayson Rodriguez and Zach Peake, Kevin Smith, Luis Ortiz, Cesar Alvarez rounding out the rotation. Nick Vespi as my lone reliever. Behind the plate, I have Samuel Basayo. First base is Toby Welk. Good infield here defensively with second baseman Anthony Servideo, third baseman Jordan Westberg, shortstop Joey Ortiz. Outfield is John Rhodes, Hudson Haskin, and Kyle Stowers, and rounding things out with Creed Willems as the DH. And then my team, I've got Maverick Hanley behind the plate, T.T. Bowens at first base, Taryn Vavra is at second, Leandro Arias at shortstop with Ryan Higgins at third, Colton Kowser, Trendon Craig, and Reed Trimble in the outfield with Robert Newstrom as the designated hitter. D.L. Hall, Drew Rahm, Carter Baumler, Carlos Tavera, and Ofelki Peralta is my rotation with Felix Bautista as my reliever. And those are the four teams. And now it is up to you, the listeners, to decide who has done the best in this draft in the next couple of days on the Locked On Orioles Twitter account. I'll be posting some graphics of all of our four teams with a Twitter poll up as well, where you can go vote on who did the best in this minor league draft. But Nick, Zach, Bob, thank you so much for joining us for this draft. This was a whole lot of fun. Um, and we'll start with Nick just on uh, say thank you and some final words on uh, this draft and uh, what your team's looking like. Yeah. Um, you know, Zach here was able to steal a lot of my guys, but uh, I'm confident in my roster here. Um, like I said, young international flair. So we'll see what happens in the future. But yeah, this was definitely a lot of fun. Hopefully we can do this again in the future down the road. Um, and I, I will say, looking at guys that weren't drafted, no one wanted Adam Hall or Eusebio Diaz. <laughs> No, no takers there. Nice. Yeah, that's a that's a good way to end it with Adam Hall and using the ideas. But Zach, final thoughts on your team quickly. Um, like where like where it is with the power, especially with Gunnar Henderson and Kobe Mayo, good defensive outfield, young starting rotation, but a lot of upside. So feeling pretty good. Bob, your team. You know, I love your rotation, Connor and Zach give pretty darn good uh, lineup, but uh, I'm pretty confident with my team overall, pretty well rounded especially with Grayson Rodriguez leading the pack. And yeah, thank you so much for putting this together. This was a ton of fun. Hopefully it's the start of a, a, a yearly tradition. Yeah, that is the hope that we'll be right back to uh, doing this next year. But thanks again to the crew from BSL on the Verge, Nick Stevens, Zach Spedden, and Bob Phelan. And again, just a really fun minor league draft and getting us excited because whether or not we get a major league season on time uh, because of this lockout, we will have a minor league season starting April 5th in AAA, April 8th across the board. Uh, but that'll do it for our 2022 Orioles minor league draft. And we hope you enjoyed it hearing about a lot of names in what is, once again, as we think and many outlets think, the number one system in baseball. And all that talent should be coming to the major leagues pretty soon. So our thanks once again go out to Bob Phelan, Nick Stevens, and Zach Spedden, the co-host of On the Verge, the podcast over at Baltimore Sports and Life that covers all things Orioles minor leagues. What a fantastic, really, you know, string of episodes that was. You know, we did that whole draft, break it up into three episodes all this week with an Orioles minor league draft. And again, uh, you heard our teams there at the end, our full rosters there. And again, just can't thank these guys enough for, first of all, coming on this podcast many times before. They'll be on this podcast many times in the future, but also coming on this week to do this draft. It was a whole lot of fun. 
And again, you know, if you're not listening to their podcast on The Verge, you need to be. Uh, they record live on Monday nights, and it comes out in audio form. Uh, they just do a fantastic job of covering the Orioles minor league system. And of course, you can follow them on Twitter at BSL on The Verge uh, for some fantastic tweets, especially when this minor league season starts. Because remember, despite the lockout, it's not changing the minor league system. The AAA season, Norfolk Tides open up on April 5th, and the rest of the minor leagues on April 8th. We are just over a month away from at least getting minor league baseball and getting to watch these fantastic Orioles minor leaguers. But definitely an interesting end to our draft in rounds 11 through 15. I was pretty happy with the guys I got. I mean, Maverick Hanley, Ofelki Peralta, Felix Bautista, Ryan Higgins, T.T. Bowens. That is a pretty good group to get at the end of this draft. Uh, Nick was able to pick up Morgan McSweeney, former guest of this podcast. Bob got Toby Welk, also a former guest of this podcast. Patrick Dorian goes in the 11th round. Of course, kind of the breakout, uh, unheralded star of the Orioles system in 2021. And then guys like Nick Vespi also went to Bob, another former podcast guest here. And, you know, really some underrated names, some guys who have struggled with injury and such in the past, but uh, definitely routed out our teams pretty well here on this draft. Now, this is where you, the listener, comes in. Because yes, we drafted these teams. We each have 15 players from the Orioles system. But, you know, we could add up stats and tallies by the end of the season and see who put together the best team. But we want to give you, the listeners, and you, the fans, a chance to weigh in on who had the best team. So look for sometime around Friday afternoon, that is on March 4th, on the at Locked On Orioles Twitter account. And there will be a Twitter poll that will be up for a few days, probably about a week, uh, where you can vote on which team was the best. We'll have graphics out that shows the roster of each of the four teams from Nick, Bob, Zach, and myself. And you will get a chance to vote on who has put together the best team of 15 Orioles minor leaguers heading into the 2022 season. So again, look for that sometime around Friday afternoon uh, for that poll and the graphics with the rosters to be up. So you can uh, take one final look at everybody's team and uh, see who you think did the best and cast your vote. And Bob decided that the winner of the Twitter poll would not just get bragging rights, but would also get uh, the number one overall pick in next year's draft, because we're hoping to do this again in 2023, because it was a lot of fun, and we hope you guys, the listeners, uh, thoroughly enjoyed that with the guys from BSL on The Verge. And on this podcast, of course, we are going to be back Monday with our regularly scheduled programming, but some exciting news here on Locked on Orioles. Again, as I mentioned at the top of the pod, I know many of you have loved following this podcast uh, via audio. We thank you so much for doing that, and that is not going to change. You will still get this podcast on your favorite podcast listening app every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then every Monday through Friday, whatever, hopefully, this 2022 Major League Baseball season starts, but we're going to be adding some content here for Locked on Orioles. The podcast starting Monday is going to be available on YouTube, so there'll be a Locked on Orioles YouTube channel up. If you could go and subscribe, that would be so, so great. And again, if you prefer to take in your content via YouTube, I know a lot of people do, uh, the podcast will be up on YouTube. You'll get to see my face as I talk about the Orioles. We'll have some extra production elements as well. And it's not going to be every episode on YouTube. Starting next week, we're kind of going to dip our toe into the water here with Locked on Orioles. There'll be select episodes posted on YouTube. But then once we get to April 1st, once the calendar turns to April, every single episode of the podcast will be available both via audio and via YouTube as well. So uh, it's an exciting step here on the pod. And uh, hey, you know, if you like 
watching videos. If you want to see me while I'm talking about the O's, just uh, hit up our YouTube account, Locked on Orioles, subscribe, and uh, we will have the pod up on YouTube starting next week as well. And that first podcast next week, well, we're going to be doing a Mailbag Monday when we return. So get your Orioles questions in. You can email us your questions at LockedOnOrioles at gmail.com. You can also tweet us questions at LockedOnOrioles or at Connor Newcomb underscore. And the DMs are open for both of those accounts, so you can DM a question. And you can also leave a question in the review section on Apple Podcasts on the Locked On Orioles podcast page. All those places you submit a question, and I will answer them on Monday's Mailbag Monday episode. So we'll have that on Monday. We also have a special guest on the podcast next week, Caden Grenier. Orioles minor league shortstop is going to be joining us as well. And we're going to get you an in-depth look on the three minor league free agents that the Orioles officially signed earlier this week. That was the veteran left-hander Buddy Bauman, the right-hander Wes Robertson, and the catcher Andres Angula as well. We will have an episode on each of those guys coming up to talk about how they can help the Orioles going into 2022. And of course, we'll have much, much more on the O's and hopefully on when a season will start, if we can get a little better news coming out Uh, from these CBA talks. But again, we're back Monday with a Mailbag Monday episode and debuting on our YouTube channel as well as right here in the audio version as well. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.